Well, if anyone who's still coming in, please find a seat. There's not much room left. Please find a seat. Don't forget to social distance. Thank you, Heather. Well, as always, welcome to Victory Lutheran Church. Uh, we're aspiring to be a church for the city, building families and impacting the community, although I think our impact is a little lower today with the uh, amount of people. As you can see, there's no uh, lack of uh, free space here today, but nonetheless, thank you all for coming. I hope your journey here was safe. And as well, thank you to everyone joining us online, as I'm sure we're going to hit record numbers online today as people are choosing to um, watch the service online. And this is why we're so thankful to have an online service as well, that these options for people that need it and want it at a time like this, we're so glad that we can offer that ministry now. That's been a tremendous blessing. But to those who have made it here today, thank you. You made it. Thank you for not forcing me to preach to an empty room. I appreciate it. So welcome. A warm, a warm welcome to everyone today. So just a reminder that, of course, our elders here at Victory are continuing to monitor this COVID-19 situation as it progresses. Obviously, it's been a bit of a roller coaster with ups and downs and problems galore and of course we're back on the rise with case numbers not so much here in Medicine Hat but other places across the province and country 
But nevertheless, uh, we, the elders have deemed it uh, safe enough to begin singing again. So we're incrementally introducing singing again. So this Sunday, we get to sing not one, but two songs. So we're really moving on up in the world. This is good. So we have two songs this Sunday, and that's going to be good to sing those together. And that's going to be uh, done by um, our, our musicians, which we're thankful to welcome Catherine Scott today, as well as, of course, Heather, as always, for their work in the music that they will bring. So thank you so much for doing that today. We also have um, just a reminder about singing, though. If you're planning to sing, please wear a mask. And your mask needs to cover your nose and your mouth. If it doesn't cover both, it's useless. It's not going to work. So please make sure if you're planning on singing, have that mask on, cover your nose, cover your mouth. I know it seems a little arbitrary right now, given the fact that there's probably enough distance between people to not. However, in, in accordance with the AHS guidelines and following all the rules and regulations, I would ask that you do have the mask regardless, just because I don't want the AHS police to come in, kick down our door, and give us a fine. So just trying to protect from that. Anyway, but thank you for the work that they do. This afternoon, confirmation class happens at 2 o'clock. So we are still doing confirmation. All are welcome to that. We're going to be talking about prayer today, so that should be a really interesting session. And our Sunday evening worship is canceled. So if you come at 7 o'clock for the Sunday evening worship, you will find the door closed and the lights off because the weather is just preventing too many people from coming. And uh, that's one reason. And the second reason is Rachel is gone. And uh, Rachel does a lot for that service. And <laughs> admittedly, I'm a little nervous to do it without her. So I'm kind of happy for this snowstorm. It worked out well for me. So anyways, that evening service is canceled tonight. Um, Holy Communion, of course, is happening on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 11 by, or by appointment. And of course, this week, the office is closed for Remembrance Day. So Wednesday, November 11th, the office is closed, which means there will be no communion. And also, Gary Zeal's Bible study at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays is also canceled for this week. So nothing's happening on Wednesday this week. Our annual congregational meeting is next Sunday, following the 10.30 a.m. worship service. If you noticed when you came in, there were all these different slips attached to your AHS forms. So if you could fill in one of those, if you're intending on coming to the annual congregational meeting, we would very much appreciate that, just so we could know who's going to be there. Because, of course, our typical way of doing it, of waiting for people to come in, and then we check you off our big list, isn't going to work this year because of COVID. So if you're intending to come to that meeting, please fill in one of those slips. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people that aren't here today that haven't been able to fill in the slips. Rest assured, there will be a chance next Sunday. Just because you missed this Sunday doesn't mean you can't come to the meeting. That's not how it works. But please fill in one of those slips if you plan on coming, as that will be our way to establish who is present and to establish whether or not we have quorum for deciding the business of the church at that time. And that is next Sunday, so please keep that in mind. Also, the booklets filled with all the reports this, for this past year, including this budget for the past year, which is an interesting document, as well as the budget for the coming year, 
uh, is all contained in those little packages which you can grab on your way out. They have been placed out, so please grab one of those, review it before coming to the meeting so you know what's going on, you know our situation in that full transparency. Other than that, I don't think there are any announcements. I think I've covered everything. Other, that, other than the fact that Pastor Jim is at St. Peter's this Sunday filling in for Pastor Shane Heim. So that is where he is. So you're stuck with me. My sincere apologies. Anyway, let us begin our service today and, uh, by standing and confessing our sins. We begin our service in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Bearing this great truth in mind, we take a moment to examine ourselves before our holy and perfect Lord. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated as we listen to a recording of Oh, How He Loves You and Me.
Please rise for the prayer of the day. Awaken us, Lord, so that when your Son comes, we may be ready to receive him with joy and serve you with clean hearts. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The word is near you. Keep the words of the Lord in your heart. Teach them to your children. One does not live by bread alone. Please be seated for our readings. I invite up our reader for today. Our first reading today is from Amos chapter 5, verses 18 to 24. What sorrow awaits you who say, if only the day of the Lord were here? You have no idea what you are wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. In that day you will be like a man who runs from a lion, only to meet a bear. Escaping from the bear, he leans his hand against a wall in his house, and is bitten by a snake. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless, without a ray of joy or hope. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice the choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. Our psalm for today is Psalm 70. We'll read it responsibly. Please, God, rescue me. May those who try to kill me be humiliated and put to shame. Let them be horrified by their shame. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. But as for me, I am poor and needy. Please hurry to my aid, O God. Our New Testament reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, 
with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. This is the gospel of our risen Lord. Please be seated as we listen to a recording of I Can Only Imagine. Is for 
just forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. Lord Jesus, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Our sermon text for today is from the latter half of the passage which we read from Amos chapter 5, where the Lord says, I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. This is a brutal condemnation of Israel. God is extremely angry with his people, and that is made very evident here. The fact that God will not accept the very festivals, the very offerings, the very ceremonies that he himself instituted through his servant Moses should be very revealing to us. The very system through which Israel was to interact with God to receive his forgiveness and blessing is rejected here. But what are the people doing that is making God so angry with them? What's going on? Well, there are basically two things that God always complains about in the Old Testament. You'll see it over and over and over again. The first one is idolatry. The people are worshipping other gods. And the second thing that they're doing is they're denying justice to the poor, to the widows, to the orphans, and to the oppressed. God constantly points these things out to Israel over and over and over again throughout the whole Old Testament. Basically from the Pentateuch through the histories, through the prophets... It's the same two things almost always that God is complaining about and saying, look, why aren't you doing this? I told you very clearly, don't worship other gods, care for the people around you. You see, the people were going around actively worshipping other gods, the Baals and the Ashtoreths, they were going around worshipping them, giving offerings to the different temples and doing the ceremonies and the rites of these other gods. And then they were going around oppressing their neighbor by denying them the charity that they need, turning a blind eye, saying, well, I don't really care about your plight. But then, the worst part of it is, after doing all this, they would go to the temple to fulfill their religious obligation. But the Lord says in Hosea 6, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. This is a passage Jesus also cites in Matthew 9, 13, when he's in an argument with the Pharisees. But this is why the Lord proclaims that instead of all the festivals, instead of all the ceremonies and offerings, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. 
Today's passage tells us that God hates hypocrisy. Now, hate is a strong word, but it's not too strong here. God hates hypocrisy. In fact, he hates it so much that it makes everything a hypocrite does intolerable to him. Which is why the Lord says, I will not accept. I won't even notice. I will not listen to. That's why he says these things. It's not that these festivals and ceremonies and offerings were unimportant. If they were unimportant, God wouldn't have instituted them for his people. It's just that they and their benefits were rendered useless for the hypocrites who engaged in them. But before we get too comfortable in our time, here is a wake-up call for us. The same thing applies today. If we spend the majority of our lives worshipping the gods of money and power and status and influence and keeping up with the Joneses and all those other things that we love to do on an average day, the gods we happily bend the knee to, and we do that while engaging in dishonest business practices or, or greedy behavior, and turning a blind eye to those who need our help, the plight of the poor and oppressed around us, but we get to church on Sunday and give our tithe, do you think God's going to come down from heaven and give us the divine pat on the back? The thumbs up, great job, guys. Do you think we will hear from our Lord Jesus, well done, my good and faithful servant? No, I don't think we will. I think God will say the same thing he did to the Israelites. I hate all your show and pretense. The hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. And that's a sobering thought. For hear what the Apostle John tells us. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love a God whom we can't see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. This isn't optional. This isn't a check this box to opt out of this one. The truth can't be any plainer than this. If we do not serve our neighbor in love, if we make the same mistake as the rich man in Jesus' parable of the rich man and Lazarus, who ignored the poverty and need of his neighbor that he walked by every single day, then we cannot truly claim to either know God or love him. And here's the problem with that. If we don't know God and love him, we will not be saved, just as the rich man was not saved. A humble reminder. Ultimately, what we should learn from this is the inseparability of righteousness and justice. These two concepts are together like this. And this is made most clear in the person of Jesus Christ. First, Christ needed to be crucified because the righteous law of God demanded justice. 
Our infractions of it, our sin, simply couldn't be ignored. God couldn't just lift up the divine carpet, shovel it under there, and put it back down and say, dealt with. No, the law needed to be satisfied. Justice needed to be done. Thus, the righteous one of God, Jesus, died in our place. The fancy term we use for that in theology is penal substitutionary atonement. God dying in our place for us that we may be declared righteous. Hence why the Apostle Paul confesses in Romans 5 verse 6 that we, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Second, when Jesus is confronted by the woman caught in adultery in John 8, he at once declares her forgiven and thus righteous but immediately pairs that declaration with a firm nod to justice commanding that she go and sin no more. Once again, the connection between righteousness and justice. Third and finally, we acknowledge the return of Jesus, our righteous redeemer, to judge the earth. Consider Revelation chapter 20. And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it, the earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now this image of Jesus is not very popular these days. We much rather ignore this reality and thus we tend to lose the fact that justice is not an abstract ideal. Justice is not something that's out there that exists and we're just striving for it justice is a person and that person's name is Jesus Christ he alone knows what justice is he alone can judge justly and he alone will judge justly when he returns but oftentimes we don't really like the idea of God coming as a judge we don't really like this idea of our Lord Jesus who we often depict as sitting with children and petting a cute sheep and all those different depictions that we have of Jesus that has him as this friendly guy who's just kind of like that really nice older brother or that father figure or something like that. Which in many ways Jesus is. Jesus is loving. Jesus is kind. Jesus is caring. Jesus is compassionate. But Jesus is also judge. And that's why when you go to Europe and you go to the ancient cathedrals that are there, and you look up and above the altar is this huge painting of Jesus standing there with the scepter of his rule in the one hand, the sword of judgment in his other hand, and his three-tiered crown on his head, signifying his lordship over the heavens, over the earth, and over death in the place of the dead. And when you walk into a church like that and you look up, you can't help but be intimidated. You can't help but look at that and say, man, I hope I'm not on the wrong side of that guy. I hope I'm not on the wrong side of that guy. 
You see, our ancestors understood that Jesus was a judge much better than we do. But this is not all bad. This is not all bad things that Jesus is a judge because what this guarantees for you and me is that one day Jesus will return and all the injustice of our time will be righted. And trust me, I know how hard that is to believe because there is an awful lot of injustice in our own lives, in our community, in our province, in our nation, in our world. Injustice seems to reign supreme. And yet Jesus Christ says, I will make everything right. Behold, I am making all things new. And this is a promise we can cling to. One of the famous Gregorian chants that was sung in the churches back in in the medieval era was a Latin chant by the name of Dies Irae, which is translated to the Day of Wrath. Now, of course, we, we don't sing songs quite like that anymore in most of our services. However, I'm going to read a few lines from this great chant, this old chant that was sung in many of the cathedrals in Europe many of the churches, many of the monasteries and convents because I think it captures here what this judgment is going to look like. Oh, what fear man's bosom brandeth when from heaven the judge descendeth on whose sentence all dependeth. Wondrous sound the trumpet flingeth. Through through earth's sepulchres it ringeth. All before the throne it bringeth. Death is struck and nature quaking. All creation is awaking to its judge and answer making. Lo, the book exactly worded, wherein all hath been recorded. Thence shall judgment be awarded. When the judge his seat attaineth, and each hidden deed arraigneth, nothing unavenged remaineth. What shall I, frail man, be pleading? Who for me be interceding, when the just are mercy needing? King of majesty tremendous, who dost free salvation send us. Fount of pity then befriend us. Think, kind Jesu, my salvation caused thy wondrous incarnation. Leave me not to reprobation. Faint and weary thou hast sought me. On the cross of suffering bought me. Shall such grace be vainly brought me? Righteous judge for sin's pollution. Grant thy gift of absolution ere the day of retribution. Make no mistake, brothers and sisters. Christ is both Savior and Judge. He grants forgiveness freely to those who believe, but he also upholds justice. Thus, if we are to have any claim to the righteousness of Christ given to us through faith, We must live lives of justice. For righteousness and justice are inseparable. They cannot be rent. They cannot be divorced. They cannot be ripped apart. They are bound forever for all of eternity. Do not be hypocrites. Lest the words of today's sermon text apply to us. May God grant us his Holy Spirit that we might live lives of righteousness and justice during our time on this earth so that we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence 
because we live like Jesus here in this world. Amen. We will now stand and sing, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. I'm just going to give a while for uh, them to set up here. Let us now recite together our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, saying, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, before we enter into our next time, I will be inviting Catherine Scott back up to do a trumpet solo for the offering time. But immediately after the offering time ends, we will be going into the last post. And after the last post is completed, we will be having a moment of silence for those who have paid the ultimate price for the freedom that we enjoy in this country. As we know, freedom is not free, just as our freedom from sin and death and the devil was not free, in fact was paid by Christ in blood, so too the freedom that our nation enjoys was paid in blood as well. And so on this day we remember those who have died, we remember those who have served, and we remember those who continue to serve to keep Canada strong and free under the grace of our almighty God. I invite you forward. Thank you, Catherine.
Please rise for a playing of the last post. You're now a reciting. Go ahead. You're now a reciting of In Flanders Fields by John McCrae. In Flanders Fields the poppies blow, between the crosses row on row, that mark our place and in the sky the larks still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, 
and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. Let us now join together in prayer for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Dear Lord, we give you thanks that we are able to meet together today to hear your word, to receive your blessings. Lord, we are able to do so because we live in a country that is free. And we thank you that you have granted this country freedom by your mercy. And we thank you for the many men and women who fight and who have died to keep this country free and safe. Lord, preserve the freedom of this country and help us not to squander it or waste it, but instead to uphold it. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we pray and we ask for forgiveness for times when we engage in hypocrisy. Lord, so often we go around worshiping other gods. We ignore the plight of the people around us, and we do not show the love to you or our neighbor that you have commanded, Lord Jesus. Forgive us when we do this. Help us to fix our hypocrisy. Work in us by your Holy Spirit that we would not just hear your word, but live it. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for all the sick in this time. We pray especially for those suffering from COVID-19. We ask for a total healing of their body. We ask that you be with them in this time that there would be no residual after effects from having this disease, and that this disease would end, this pandemic would end, Lord Jesus, just as quickly as it came. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for those struggling with mental health in this time. Lord, you do not create us to be in isolation, yet in isolation we remain. So, have mercy on us. May we know your presence in this time, and help us to connect with each other in new and innovative ways. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Father, guide your church here at Victory. Show us the way that we are supposed to go. Lord, in this confusing season of ups and downs, in this time of challenge, in this time of opportunity, guide us by your Holy Spirit. Give us wisdom and discernment. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We pray together the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just another reminder for everyone that there won't be an evening service tonight. Just wanted to make sure I clarify that. But there will be confirmation. No evening service, but still confirmation. And now we continue, we end our service actually by singing O Canada, the hymn of our nation.
Go in peace, serve the Lord.